Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our weekly visibilities call for visually impaired seniors' abilities. We have some uh, very special things going on. And first of all, before I go any further, let me apologize to anyone who has been trying to reach me this week via the email address that I gave you last week. I didn't realize that it had been um, that I gave you the an old address that doesn't work anymore. So I just want to apologize about that, and I will give you uh, an updated address a little later on during the show. This evening's topic is financial fitness and how comfortable are we and how comfortable can we be with our financial situations um, during our retirement years. Um, are we going to have them enough money to make that world, world cruise? Are we going to have enough masks to pay for them to do the world cruise? Um, our gentlemen guest this evening is Mr. Emilio Valdez. Some of you may have heard Emilio. He participated in the national convention a few weeks ago. And gosh, it's over a month ago now. Time July, July 8th. And um, he did a presentation at the convention. And we're delighted to have him with us this evening. Emilio, welcome. Thank you, Terry. And thank you, uh, ACB Visually Impaired Senior Association. And let, let me stop by. Emilio, can you tell our callers a little bit about yourself and your Absolute, background? Absolutely. Okay, again, good evening, um, ACB folks. Uh, thank you again. I'm very honored to be here tonight with you. Just to let you know, I'm doing a follow-up meeting on the 10th of September, FYI. So my name is Emilio Valdez. I spent uh, most of my life in the New York City area. I moved to where I am now, Miami, Florida, in 2015. I plan to retire here. Uh, my career has spanned 27 years in two major Wall Street firms. The most of them was my last firm, which was Merrill Lynch. And I was there, uh, unfortunately, for several different market uh, events. Uh, most importantly, the one in 2008 and 2009. At that point, ladies and gentlemen, I was managing about a billion dollars in assets for my beloved clients. Had over 500 of them. And because I really do care, honestly, um, and morally about my clients' welfare, I much rather lose my own money. I'd rather lose my money than, than my clients' money. Uh, the stress of the 0809 crisis caused me to have a brain tumor which, thank God, was successfully removed in Miami in 2016. However, that brain tumor caused so much stress in my cranium that it caused my optic nerve to be damaged. And today, I am, thank God, I'm alive, but I'm also visually impaired. I'm low vision. I consider myself, like most, like all you should, we're not handicapped, we're handicapable. And I'm here to sort of relaunch myself and my second half of my career. And I believe God gave me a second chance to help people, which I did in my first half. But I'm really focusing on helping people of my community, which is the visually impaired community. Uh, during my 27 years, I have experienced make almost anything you can imagine in the markets. And I'm, um, I believe I have a vast experience in managing uh, you know, people with very little assets to a lot of assets. Um, so I'm here to help either doing these meetings or if you wish, you can engage me one on one. And at the end of this presentation, either Terry or I will give you my contact information. Um, let's see what else. I've been coaching. I'm sorry. I'm a, I consider myself a financial coach these days. I started a practice called Reliable Financial Coaching over a year ago here in Miami. And the big difference between myself, a coach now, than I was an advisor then, is I do not um, earn or get paid commissions. I charge a, a normal, a minimum, um, I charge a rate of roughly $35 an hour. I'm very um, generous with my time um, and I'm happy to help anyone um, with any situation. And I promise that I will not, uh, I'll, I'll undercharge you at best. I'm here to help. And if you can't afford that, we can discuss that privately. 
Um, I believe that's more or less time to say it, unless you have any other questions, or my next question, please. You didn't tell them well, that you and I are on are on opposite sides of one certain okay, green monster, yes. green monster okay. wall. <laughs> okay, uh, Terry, uh, but I've been speaking with Terry on and off the last month. I think she's a wonderful person. I'm sure you all know that by now. Uh, since I'm from New York, I am a diehard, diehard, diehard Yankee fan. Very upset right now that he just got swept by the Rays. But I'm very happy to please, I'm very happy to announce, sorry, Terry, that the seven games we played so far against the Red Sox, which is Terry's team, we've swept them seven times so far this year. So go Yankees. He just loves reminding me of that. And I will continue to do so, Terry. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, why don't we start early and open up uh, for any questions that anyone may have. All right. And, raise uh, your hand, and Ray will give you all the instructions on that. All right. Well, uh, if you'd like to ask a question, uh, you can raise your hand, and I will uh, get you, you know, tell you when it's your turn to uh, unmute. To do that on a PC, you use Alt-Y. On a Mac, it's Option-Y. On a phone, it's Star-9. And on the app... The app, it is, I've got three up already. On the app, it's the more button down in the lower right corner. And when you double tap that, a raise hand button will appear. Hit that, and then I will get to. Okay, the first one I have is telephone number ending in 0001. You are unmuted. Good evening. Good, e good evening. Hi, this is Kathy Lyons in Buffalo, New York. Hi, Kathy. And it's not so much a question as I wanted to give you some information. I received an email. Hello? Yes, yes. go ahead, Kathy. I'm listening. Go right ahead. I, I received an email from Sheila Styron. She is chair of the Transportation Committee for ACB. Uh huh. And it came from a company called America Walks, and they are going to be having a webinar on September 8th. I wonder if I forwarded this, would I do it to the AAVL list? or? Um, yeah, I suppose you could. Okay. I don't know I what think... lists. I, don't, I honestly don't know what lists Sheila is on already, but it certainly wouldn't hurt to send it to the AAVL list. Yes, I think we, we're a bunch of, we've got a, quite a few walkers, I think, in this group. But thanks for that information. I have right. been trying to get ACB to produce a video showing pedestrian right-of-way, do's and don'ts and all that. And I don't know why, but the higher-ups don't seem to think it's a good idea. Or, well, for one thing, it costs $5,000 to put out a good video. Well, uh, I guess we better get into the financial fitness with Emilio right away, then. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for calling, Kathy. Okay. And Thank you. This is a great great. Um, Thank you. Right. Service, thanks. I'll remute. Phone number 8054. You are now unmuted. Hi, this is Carol. I'm calling from Maine. Thank you all. Wonderful conversation. Um, I didn't realize I'd be asking a question so quickly, so I'm going to, my mind is scrambling a little bit. Um, but I wondered um, if you have any, I know this is a, it's hard to make any big generalizations, but is there a, um, a number um, uh, that you would suggest as far as savings, um, available savings, um, uh, funds, income, you know, and uh, just some general um, guidance on how much am I going to need over the years, assuming, of course, that I'm just going to remain just doing just great. Um, and I will just tell you, I, I own my own home um, and um, in a very desirable area, a pretty desirable area, and I have um, about approximately just about two hundred and twelve twenty-five uh, thousand dollars in in saving in uh, invested. And I just wondered if if I know for if there's a there's a general guidance on is that going to be you know where do I go from here? I've got a financial I'm I, with a financial um, uh, uh, person, um, but I just wanted some added guidance on any percentages or, you know, that kind of thing. Thank you. Uh, great question, uh, Carol. 
And this may take a couple of minutes for me to respond uh, thoroughly. First of all, I congratulate you on having a financial advisor. Um, you should always have someone, unless you believe you can do it yourself, you should have someone like myself or like your advisor in Maine there, Carol, helping you. Some general rules of thumb. Well, before we can plan for our retirement income needs, we need to know what our income needs are now. So whether you're about to retire, you're still working, or you just retired, as um, the first thing you need to do is to know what... Excuse me for one second. Let's see if I can do this. Okay. Sorry, guys. Um, you need to know what you're spending now. So the, the first thing I do with my clients is uh, the first homework assignment, let's say, is to have four, four boxes, four quadrants. And one quadrant is monthly fixed expenses. That's your car, your car. I'm oh, sorry. Not for this group. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, for your, your house. I mean, your house is paid for. Excellent. Your rent your phone bill, things like that. Things that recur on a monthly basis and are fixed. Then the second category would be monthly variable expenses. Those are things that don't happen fixed every month, but you have to allocate for those. That could be entertainment. That could be clothing, uh, gifts uh, for the family or for friends, uh, things like that. And again, I can go more deeply on another time or if you call me directly. The next, the third box would be annual Fixed costs, that could be insurance, that could be uh, a one-time water uh, bill, anything that happens annually and not monthly. And the last is the annual um, variable expenses, which a lot of people here would put, let's say, major vacations or goals that you want to accomplish. So, for example, if you had a goal of going on that uh, world cruise, as Terry suggested, you should say, okay, the cruise is going to cost me $5,000. Divide that by 12, or depending on how much on your time arising, you divide it by other years. But that 5000 can go into your monthly uh, number, so you know that you need to save up for that to go on the, on the world cruise. Once you determine your expenses, then we have to look at your income. What is going to be coming in during retirement? Uh, first of all, of course, we look at Social Security. We look at any pension plans. Uh, I believe that some people here work for the federal government. And I'll have some research done for you all by next call on the 10th of September regarding your federal thrift plan. I'm doing some research on that now. But you can have a pension plan from corporation, municipality, a municipality, anything. Then, of course, is any kind of retirement plans, 403B, 401K, Roth IRA, IRA, Safe Harbor, anything like that that will have assets in it that is tax advantage, as we say, that can produce income. Cal, you asked me a question. What kind of percentage? Usually what we shoot for in the financial planning world is 70% of the income you need pre-retirement. It should be the minimum goal for retirement. So assuming that you you to keep or maintain or try to maintain the same lifestyle um, that you had pre-retirement, they want to maintain that desire to maintain the same lifestyle, then we usually use 70%. Now, there are a couple of things that are happening here in the last several decades. Because of medicine and the investments of medications, we are living longer. So that's a good thing. But from a financial planning point of view, it's a challenge because the average American right now that I plan for, I need to plan for 30 years. So that's what we're looking for in terms of retirement income uh, planning is to have enough assets and or recurring revenue, sources of, of, of revenue, like pensions, like Social Security, to cover that 70% gap. So let's say, for example, I'm just using round numbers because we're on, you know, we're all talking here. Uh, you spend a hundred thousand dollars a year. Just using a round number, folks. If it's high or low, I can't. It is what it is. So we're shooting for seventy thousand. So the first thing I'll be looking at is what are my clients' revenue sources. So how much is Social Security, Social Security going to give my client on a monthly basis, times by twelve annual basis? The pension uh, plan, the four hundred one k assets. How can we turn that to income? And then after we get all the recurring income, we see what the shortfall is, and then we look at your assets. As you mentioned to me, Carol, in your example, you have 225000 invested. Well, there are, there are many different investment products that throw off income. And again, we could talk about this for a while, but that's maybe we could talk about it more than on the 10th of September. Uh, I'll be prepared for that, but we can talk about you need some short-term liquid savings, then you need some income revenue from maybe fixed income or bonds. Then there's preferred or high dividend yielding stocks. 
There's also, of course, um, insurance products like annuities, uh, fixed annuities, uh, variable annuities that guarantee with a living benefit that can guarantee your principal and guarantee your minimum 6% return. And then when you retire, they will guarantee your 5% income. These are very interesting annuities that, co- that came out about, say, 15 years ago that I've been using a lot with the clients. If you are, let's say, not, you don't have sufficient assets to retire on, there are things like immediate annuities in which you can give the annuity company, let's say, $100,000. Once you turn over that money to the insurance company, that capital is theirs. But in return, they promise to pay you uh, for your rest of your life a certain dollar amount. So sort of a private pension. The good thing is you're going to get you're going to get a pretty nice size monthly income. The bad news is what the variable is is your life expectancy. If God forbid you're traveling on a plane once we're able to fly again and something happens to you and it was a year later they keep the hundred thousand or what was left over. However, if you're a healthy young lady like you you sound to me, Carol, and you live to be a hundred and years old, they have to keep paying you. So through a financial advisor or a coach like myself, we can help you determine the amount of income you're going to need. And then, of course, um, with a minimum risk available, plan for it to get that 70% threshold and or any other goals you may have, like the cruise. Hopefully that answers your question. Thank you very much. That's most helpful. Yeah. And especially, I will just say, um, and I do do this, actually, is keeping track of what are my monthly expenses. And I do that in a very, very clear way um because i've in the past gotten very bad trouble because i didn't do that so i learned my lesson and i have to do that but it's very it's thank you and that percentage was that's very very helpful thanks so much you're welcome Carol. let me just say this to you and to everyone a very iconic saying in my world no one plans to fail but a lot of us fail to plan you need to have a plan mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen you need to have it on paper or for us probably on a um, some kind of um, smart device or computer, but you need to have a plan. So again, no one of us wants to fail, plan or fail, but we fail to plan. If you have a plan, you're, you're, you're definitely increasing the odds. And again, Carol, I'll be happy to go over your monthly income, no cost, but to help you. To, I love people who are organized. I'm anal retentive. Um, some of you folks probably know the show, <laughs> The Odd Couple. Well, in college, they call me Felix Unger because that's who I am. I'm anal, but I'm anal in a good way. So thank you, Carol, for the question. And again, at the end of the show, if you want to contact me by email or phone, by all means, do so. Uh, continue. You. You're welcome. Okay. All right, Carol. Um, and that's it. Do we have anyone else? No, we do not have any more hands, Terry. No, I just wasn't sure if anybody wanted to at this point. Yeah, if anybody else would like to raise their hand, certainly uh, welcome to do that. I can just talk a little bit, Terry, Terry about general um, investment ideas for retirement planning, if you wish. Actually, that's good. And then I'll have a question for you after that. This, so this works great. Okay. So let's back it up here. Um, again, there are two, two main categories, um, assets and, and sources of income. As I was telling Carol, uh, as Americans, we all, we worked, we paid into the Social Security Administration through our payroll taxes and what, what have you. And at the age of 62, 65, 67, depending on your year of birth, you're going to get a, a dollar amount. By the way, uh, if you go to www.irs.gov, I'm sorry, social security, ssa.gov, uh, or call your social security office. I'm sorry, I don't have the number here. Uh, it's a 1-800, I think 1-800-772-2222. Um, you'll be on the hold for about an hour or so, or you can go visit the office, and they'll tell you for your social security number what to expect in different ages. Obviously, if you take it at 62, you're going to get less per month than 65 and less per month than 67. And also, there's different cutoff years depending on your birthday year. So, for example, I was born in 1967. I'm 52 years old. I have a different category than someone's born 20 years um, earlier than me. But that's that's the first start. The second start is if you hopefully have worked. And I know, you know, being visually impaired now, sometimes that's difficult. But I hear that this group is a, a pretty uh, a pretty work uh, has a good work ethic. Of course, your employer, whomever that may be, government, private agency, or a business, should have some type of retirement um, plans. That could be again a four hundred one k, an IRA, a Keo, a SEP IRA, things like that, and or a pension. 
However, sadly to say, pension plans uh, have been sort of in the last 10 to 15 years been kind of um, done away with because they've been very rich plans. I have a friend of mine who's worked for Verizon for 35 years. He's, he's going to retire very happily, but a friend of his who, who got there about 15, 20 years later doesn't have a pension. They still have 401ks, but they don't have that monthly income with a pension and a 401k plan. And again, if you, if you all need help um, choosing your investment options within the 401k plan, please call me. I'm happy to help. Again, I'm not going to charge for little little questions here and there. I'm not I'm not here for that. I'm here to help you. Um, I want to help. Remember, God gave me a second chance. So I'm, I'm very good with diversification and allocation because most 401k plans or 43B plans have basically what's called um, separate accounts, which are basically mutual funds. And we'll get to mutual funds in a minute here. So those are the primary income sources. And then, of course, you have your assets. And assets could be real estate which could be rental income and or sold and then transferred to some kind of investment in investments to create income. Um, it could be cash in the bank. It could be CDs, bonds, stocks, mutual funds, and insurance products. Um, and I'll go dive into that in a second. One, one quick thing on my call when I did to the, um, the, the national conference and I'm doing some research on a, on a, on a person who called me, she's listening in the state of Washington. She asked me about long-term healthcare. And for those who listened to my, my presentation, I know Terry did, and again, I thank you who did, long-term health care, again, I've been doing this for about, say, 30 years, but only visually impaired for four. I found out something that just irks me to death. I'm really upset about this with the insurance companies, that long-term health care, which is the type of insurance you purchase, so God forbid you end up in a, in a, in a nursing home or a senior citizen's home, um, you have to, of course, pay for that. Um, the average nursing home scale care in New York City, Manhattan, which of course is a very high rent district, we were we were budgeting two hundred dollars a day. So that's of course a big expense. Hopefully, I know Miami's cheaper. Maybe in St. Paul's, Minnesota, or where Terry might be, it's cheaper. But that is a cost that you may incur. And I found out that the the person who called me was correct that insurance companies considers us because we're visually impaired already disabled and they will not give us these policies so that is something that i am um, privately um talking to some people in the dc area to see what's going on on a macro level how that's discrimination and also hopefully getting the ada involved now there is one product if anyone wants to do a little research on and if you do please get back to me i just heard on monday a couple of days ago that there's a company lincoln national and they have a product called money guard and money, money guard is a combination of long-term care and life insurance. Now, life insurance, we have no problem um, applying for, getting a policy and paying premiums. So what Lincoln did, it married the benefits of life insurance with long-term care. And I believe that may escape what I'm going to say the bias of discrimination against the visually impaired community with long-term care. So that was a little side note, folks. I apologize. Let me get back to the investments and I'll get to Terry's question. So with investments... And again, any questions, you'll please let me know. You want to have diversification um, among the investment itself. So picture a triangle or a pyramid, okay? And the base of the triangle pyramid is the widest part. It's our foundation. In our foundation, which we should have the biggest percentage is, is our conservative, non-risky type of investments. In here, we have our checking and savings accounts, which right now, because the state of the economy and COVID-19, interest are extremely low, um, that's where your bank's paying you. But my bank, which is an internet bank, Ally Bank, A-L-L-Y, is paying 0.3% on my cash, which is better than most commercial banks. So what I do is I bank with Chase here in Miami. That's like my, my, my checking account, my day-to-day. -day. And linked to that is my Ally Bank account where I keep my, my cash reserves. At least we're getting 0.3%. But wait, before COVID-19, before January this year, I was getting one9 which I felt was pretty rich. I fell quickly when the Fed cut rates to help the economy because of COVID. But one thing you guys should do is have a primary account because Chase doesn't pay me anything and then have linked another account, internet banks or FDIC insured, just like any other bank. But because you're internet banks, they don't have branches, real estate costs, folks, and also employees, as many employees as a regular bank, they can pay you more on your FDIC insured savings investments. So that's one area. The next step would be short-term CDs. And your short-term bonds, and bonds are rated from AAA to a single C. And the higher the rating, 
the less risk is to your money, but the less reward you get. And again, you need to have someone, an expert, someone with experience and knowledge, um, like myself or any um, you know experienced advisor, uh, to help you choose some bonds. There's also then the mutual fund world, the vast mass, the vast mutual fund world that there's equity funds, stock funds, and there are bond funds or fixed income funds, and there's hybrids. Uh, I right now I like for some of my clients' money, high dividend paying stocks. Stocks like Procter & Gamble, Johnson & Johnson, Kimberly Clark, McDonald's, Verizon, they all pay a lot more than the banks pay. Yes, it's an equity investment. There is no FDNC insurance. Stocks fluctuate, but some of the money, so for example, use an example, $250,000, maybe 50000 of the two fifty can go into a mutual fund, a diversified portfolio of blue chip, high paying dividend stocks. And when you retire, instead of reinvesting the dividends, you change the code and the dividends get paid to you on a quarterly basis. Excellent to get income and also gives you some growth to your portfolio. Because as I mentioned, we're planning for 30 years if you're a new retiree. So I need, we, you need, well, we need together to grow your money to offset the 30 years because we have inflation. Inflation right now is fairly benign, but inflation does exist. And the same income you're getting in 2020 is going to be the same income because the same number, 2040, the purchasing power obviously goes downhill. So you need some growth and high dividend paying stocks, high quality stocks, diversified, of course, which for me is one of the best ways. And then after that, I would um, in, uh, look at the, the annuity world, the insurance product world. Fixed annuities is basically a. It's basically um, don't quote me on this. It's like like a CD issued by a bank. It is not FDIC insured. It is insured by the insurance company and by the state of the issuance, up to a hundred thousand dollars or maybe it's one hundred fifty now. And it's basically a CD. You get a fixed rate. If you leave it inside the annuity, it's it's tax deferred. But once you retire, you take it out. It is taxable income. But your money is guaranteed by the insurance company, insurer, and usually right now they're paying more than CDs are. And then finally, other variable annuities, which is a way to buy mutual funds, different kind of mutual funds. Some of these products have more than 100 choices. And again, I could help or someone could help you choose them. And the best ones right now for me, for retirees, I would say anyone above the age of 55 to 75 or 80, perhaps, is to buy a variable annuity with a living income benefit rider and what that means is whatever money you put in let's say we put in again using a round number a hundred thousand dollars what happens every year you get the worst case of either guaranteed six percent or whatever the equity portfolios did so a year when the market did very really well let's say they did 20 percent your hundred thousand next year is worth 120 but let's say in year two the market goes down or returns five percent well guess what you get the six percent so I can honestly, morally tell you that you cannot lose your money. You're going to get 6% minimum return and, or the equity return. Once you turn 65 or higher, you can then at that point, doesn't doesn't mean at 65, it could be after six, it just has to be after 65, you turn on the income um, option and you'll get 5% paid for the rest of your life. So again, it's 5% for the rest of your life, meaning that that's the 100 became 200,000. 5% of 200,000, last time I checked, is what? 10,000. So yeah. if you have 20 years, so using my center 5%, which is what's they're guaranteeing, you'll get 20 years of 10,000. But let's say you're young and, and rural like, like Terry is, she's going to live to be 110. Even if she drained the, the 200,000, they're still on the hook for that 10,000 until, God forbid, Terry gets called to God. However, God forbid, Terry gets gets called to God earlier, whatever she didn't take out the 200 goes to her beneficiaries, her husband, her children, grandchildren, uh, ACB, whatever it is. So these are excellent products for people who don't want risk and have potential upside. The negative of annuities, of course, is always a catch, is that it's seven-year minimum investment, so the long-term investment commitment. You can withdraw 10% in any time of any of the first year during the seven, seven years. However, you take out more than 10% during the first, in any year during the seven years, there are substantial penalties. And this, of course, because it's insurance products and they're guaranteeing your principal, the annual cost could be between 2 to 3% annually. But the numbers I gave you, 6% or whatever, that's net to you. So it's after expenses, you're going to get 6%. And then the last thing I want to say, and I'll, I'll, I'll end on this, every investor. Yes. Can we just, can, can, I don't know about anybody else, but you got me on information overload. <laughs> okay. I don't, um, I'll continue. I'll continue no, which, which I greatly appreciate. What I'm noticing um, 
what I wanted to ask you about that, actually, I thought we yeah, yeah. Um, John John McCann has his hand raised. I'm just wondering if maybe we can get a question in for a few, just for a couple of minutes, and then get back into this and a couple of other questions that I have for you, and I'm sure a few other people probably. And, jo and John should be able to unmute. Mr. McCann, are you there? Am I in? There you are. Okay, I can be heard. Yes. Okay, there you are. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. The cord came out of the mic. And, all right. Um, you had raised uh, the whole matter of long-term care, and that certainly is a big expense. I was lucky enough as a Fed to have gotten in on their long-term care insurance, but something I thought I'd bring up here for the edification of others. Please. I would strongly, strongly urge anyone who's nearing retirement, if you own property, get it in a trust. Get it oh. in a trust long before you can get caught in a look-back period. Get it in a trust. When you're in the pink, you set up the trust so that you have the continued use and enjoyment of the home. And, uh, you know, hopefully nothing bad happens to you within the, within the look-back period, five years, I believe. And if it does, well, hey, you've got something to pass on to your progeny or to have liquidated and put to the uses you would rather see rather than force to spend down. John, John, can I ask you a question on that same subject? I'd like to ask you and Emilio a question about that. And that is, I, I don't know whether this is a state law or if it's a federal law, um, and if it's part of Social Security or what, but to my understanding that if you sell your home, it's not in a trust, and you sell your home, and if you turn the proceeds over to a blind son or daughter, that that money um, cannot be used in the look back for Social Security. Am I don't I know. I, I wouldn't know that. I would. Oh, it, okay. To me, that would be a matter of federal law. What Social Security would uh, absolutely. You know, yeah. Social Security is the one that's got a stake there because they got their antenna up for people who. Uh, you know, they, they get a, a diagnosis and, you know, then they put their home in a trust and six months later they're in uh, long-term care with a prognosis that they'll be there for four years. Social Security can smell that one a mile away. And, yeah. You know, so do it when you're nice and healthy, when even the inference that you did it with foreknowledge of a life-threatening uh, long-term morbidity, you know, do it under circumstances where even that inference wouldn't hold water. And if, if I may add, and, and again, if I may, if I may call you John, uh, please. Certainly, uh, certainly. Thank you, John Emilio here. John, great question. John raises a couple of good, uh, very intelligent uh, issues here, and one is entitlement of assets. So he mentioned uh, a look-back period, folks, and he was correct. It was five years. It used to be three, but now it's five. And what that means is, uh, in John's example, he owns a home that's worth, let's say it's worth half a million dollars, and he's 60 years old. He should contact the, the professional here is called trust and estate attorneys, TD attorneys. TNA. They don't come, they don't come too cheap, but they're well worth their money. Just like I could account it. Um, so John does his trust and estate work and the house is moved over from John McHale. Is it your last name? McCann. No, not McCann, like, not you. like the Navy guy, not like Ernest Borgnine. For those of you who remember <laughs> I, that one. I, I do remember that, John. I do remember. Love um, that show. Big, big fan. Exactly. Me too. So, John McCann owns a home, half a million dollars, fully paid for, hopefully no mortgage. And instead of him owning the home, he's going to transfer it to the John McCann Living Trust. Or um, that's exactly what it's called. Too. Well, I know a little bit about this to be a little about this to be dangerous. Irrevocable trust. This is a whole different concept, more for a T and E attorney. Terry, you should probably get someone like that on this call eventually, or I can find someone for you. But but by doing that, what he's done is he's moved that asset out of his social security number into the uh, into the trust. And a trust is, a, is an entity. It's like creating a child, let's say. A legal child has a tax ID number. It pays taxes if, if it's required, depending on the type of trust it is. But most importantly, it's out of your assets. So if you go into a long-term care facility, you're protecting those assets from, your, uh, from them taking it over, and you save it for yourself and or your loved ones upon your death. And again, uh, with that said, Entitlement of, entitlement of assets is a very big point in retirement planning. I know some things, but if it gets more complicated, you need a trust and estate attorney. John, excellent question. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, John. Emilio, let me ask you something I'm curious about. What uh, commissions and loads and all of that kind of fun, fun stuff, um, yeah. 
What is a reasonable percentage for that, do you think? In my... And, what, and, and let, me, let me make it a two-part question. Sure. What's a reasonable percentage? And the other question is, is it worth going with a no-load fund? What's okay. the, the pros and cons of that? Okay. Okay. So let's go backwards here. Okay. So uh, she's mentioning loads. Good question, Terry. You know some things here. A no-load mutual fund is a mutual fund does not carry a load or commission. And usually commissions, loaded funds are sold by advisors because that's how they get paid. And there's traditionally three types of, well, actually there's four types of loads. There's the A share, which is where you pay something up front. Depending on how much money you put in, it could be as high as five and a half percent, one time deal, to as little as, well, if you have a million dollars, it's zero if you have that. Uh, but depending on the amount of money you put in, there's, there's a scale, it's called break points. And you can, you can um, decrease the load. You could also sign what's called a letter of intent that over the next 13 months, you promise to invest more money and they'll give you a break on the load. That's the A share and that's A share only. Then there's a B share, um, which to me is probably the worst one of the four. B share uh, has a higher annual expense than the A share. So because tr- there's no upfront load, the company's compensating the advisor upfrontly so in order to pay for the advisor, even though you didn't, the client didn't pay an upfront load like in the A, they raised the the um, internal annual expenses of the fund as much as 100, 100 basis points or 1% to to 2 or 2.5 um, basis points or 2.5%, depending on the fund company. And this is in the prospectus. Good luck to read. If you, if you can read a prospectus, and I've been doing this for 30 years, call me because I can't do it. You have to be a lawyer and or CPA or both to read these things. And again, I've been doing this for a long time. So the B share to me is the worst because it has the highest um, annual expenses. Also, you have to commit usually for five to seven years to, to be able to take the money out before you incur a back-end charge. Like the variable annuity, there's no load in the front, but there's a back-end charge which disappears normally after five or seven years depending on the fund family. Then there's the C share or the level load. This C share is... There's no upfront. There is a one percent fee during the first year only. After the one percent, after the one year, there's no one percent back end on the C share. However, the annual expense ratio, like the B, is higher than the A. However, unlike the B, and I failed to mention this on the B share, um, B share after after the seven years or five years, it converts to an A share, or it converts to the lower annual expenses. So the B share will convert to an A. After let's say five years or seven, and then you, the expenses go lower. In a C share, you will never you will never go down in annual expenses. C shares are normally good for short term investments investing. B shares I think are not good at all. A shares are good if you're going to concentrate your investments in one fund family, and there are some really good fund families out there. And and long term, then there's the no load, the one that Terry mentioned. That means there's no charges. The big families here are Fidelity, Vanguard. Um, trying to think of other ones, but those are the two big ones. If you're dealing with an advisor, they will use no-load funds, but they'll put up in what's called in a wrap account, where they'll charge you a certain percentage to manage your assets using no-loads. Um, right now, if you go to some, for example, if you guys heard of uh, Rick Edelman and Associates or Edelman Financial Engines or oh, other yeah. corporations you know, like that, they use institutional no-loads and they use ETFs. I forgot to mention about ETFs. ETF, ETF stands for Exchange Traded Fund. This is why the American exchange is still in existence. So if you wanted to buy the S&P 500, which is the 500 largest companies in the world, and hopefully some of you have heard of the S&P 500, you would buy a stock symbol by the symbol of SPY, Sam Paul Yellow. SPY is an S&P 500 tracker. It basically, the S&P goes up 10% today, you'll be up roughly 10% and downward as well. ETFs, there's, there's there's a commission, like a stock, but also in a wrap program, you'll probably pay a wrap fee. So in my opinion, uh, um, going back to your question, Terry, when I was managing my, my billion dollars for my clients, on average, I think a fair price. It is work, uh, It is work, folks, to be an advisor when we have a lot of liability. And I, I consider myself a, a, a good advisor. I was doing it for 30 years before my tumor. Average cost per year is 1%, Terry. So if you got $10,000 with me, it's $100. If you have a million with me, it's 10000 So normally a, a good advisor, you're getting your money's worth and he's, he or she's giving you full service or his or her team is giving you full service. That includes 
you know, everything possible and also reaching out to specialists like a teen attorney, a CPA, an insurance broker is usually 1% per year of the assets under management. Thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you. That's very interesting. I would love to have more questions. Yeah, if you want to raise your hand, we can do that. Uh, again, on the PC, it's Alt-Y. On the Mac, it's Option-Y. On the phone, it's Star 9. And on the app, you hit the More button, and then a Raise Hand button will pop up. And we have one. We do. We have one, and that would be, be yep. Donna Brown. You can now unmute. Hello, Donna. Hello. Am I unmuted? You sure yes. are. Okay, good. Um, I've got... Two questions. Uh, yes. One being, um, this fin- uh, fin- financial advisor is it recommended probably to have someone like right in your area to, to meet face to face with? Um, is that a, a, a better way to go? <laughs> um, that's okay. Hi, Donna. My name is Emilio. Hope I can call you Donna. That's um, okay. Please do. <laughs> okay. Um, Donna, I mean, is it recommended? It's more popular that way, it's more common to be face to face. Um, obviously with technology today and zoom and go to meetings and Microsoft teams, um, with COVID-19, I can tell you right now, my practice since March has been mostly this way, uh, except with visual turned on because of it, because of the COVID thing. Um, most of my, when I was in New York city, obviously I was in Manhattan. I will tell you honestly, about half of my clientele was located within a say 50 mile radius, Connecticut. New, uh, Manhattan, upstate New York, New Jersey, but half of my clients were all over the country and also parts of the world. Because um, I get referrals, I got you know if you're a good advisor and you're working with someone that you trust and he or she is, is honest because honesty is the best policy, obviously. And right. if you help if you help people, you're gonna you know help people because I want to help people. I don't care what I get compensated. Uh, I, I, I'm my father was an advisor, Donna. I'm a second generation, and my father said, "Son." You treat everyone like a mother or a father or a son and a daughter. And that's what I've done since day one. And I, I, I'm very proud of that fact. Um, so I've had clients that I've never, I had clients I've had millions of dollars. I never met them. Now right. in New York, some people come and visit me and we go out for a little dinner and blah, blah, blah. But it's up, it's really up to you. Now, what I told you that before, if you remember, I, I told you I'm a financial coach. So yes. I have evolved. I'm, and now this, this a new a nuance in the financial service industry. There's actually some colleges, mostly in the mid and, and western states, that are actually offering a concentration in financial coaching and not advisory. So what I've developed in my, to call it 27, 30 years, is that I'm your coach. So let's say you're paying me $35 an hour. This is what I charge my, everyone here in Miami and anyone else. I'm going to go, I'm going to first organize your assets. I'm going to do everything I can. And if you have enough assets that we, we need to invest it, then we go to our financial advisor. But I'll be going with you either by phone or in person. If you're not in a greater Miami area, then it's probably going to be by phone or by Zoom. And I'm going to be your representative. So you don't have to worry that you're going to be, quote unquote, hopefully not taken advantage of. You don't understand something because that advisor is going to know my experience. So, for example, very quick, I'll give you a quick example. I know, I know, we, we no one drives here. I lost my vision. I'm low vision. I don't drive anymore. But when my car broke down, I know nothing about mechanic, about my car. Mechanics <laughs> say you need a, you need a, what's it called from a Back in the Future, one of the, you know, thing that goes through the space or whatever. They say you need a new whatever. I go say, okay, how much is that? Thousand dollars. I have no idea, so I pay it. But let's say my cousin, his name is Adrian. He's been working for Audi for thirty years. If I bring Andrew with me. That mechanic better not do, do any, um, you know, any tomfoolery because Adrian's gonna say, no, no, he doesn't need that. So I, right. my, my practice here is to help you help yourself, and we do need advisors and a lot of good advisors out there, and, and there's bad advisors in great companies and, and vice versa. I'm not judging anyone, but I'm gonna be able to tell you whether or not I think this advisor is is honorable and worthy, and then that's hopefully gonna um, add value to you and you feel more comfortable. And again, I'm your coach. You call me, send me an email, and I'll give you my second opinion. And that's how I am foreseeing myself going forward in my career, which I plan on working for another 20, 25 years. My passion is to help people, and I help people financially. So I hope that answered your question. If it well, well, that 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 did. I've got one more question, sure, and, and Go that's good to know because uh, I really kind of was wondering how your role would be now as as a coach, and and that's wonderful because I don't understand a lot of <laughs> and, uh, that's and, why so I'm here. It, and, and that's why yeah, I'm here. That's, I, I want to help you and again 
if um, I, I've been helping people here and they love they love me because I'm I'm not biased. You know, I charge a flat fee. Listen, if it's an hour, fifteen, hour and a half, I'm not I'm not an attorney. I'm not going to bill you by exactly, but I'm going to help you and you're going to feel comfortable. And the advisors, trust me, you see the advisors. I I felt the advisors like their their body language change when I or. The client tells them, this is my coach, Emilio. He worked in New York for 30 years. He managed a billion dollars for Merrill Lynch. You'll see that they wake up right away. Yeah. (laughs) So my other question real quick. Yes. Uh, This, um, uh, uh, you know, owning a house and then putting it into a trust is is intriguing to me. It's it's (laughs) not really something I've ever really heard much about. So what happens um, if you do that and then you go to sell your home um, just because you need to relocate for whatever reason or whatever? Um, Okay, I'm going to do something that I always will do. If I don't know something, I want to tell you I don't know. Okay. That's, not, that's a trust in a state attorney question. I, I, okay. I, if I told you something, I would be lying. I'm not going to do that. Um, okay. if, you want, if you want to contact me, I have some teeny attorneys I can call, but I prefer you call me. We just do a little one-on-one thing first, and then yeah. I can have a yeah. question. Okay. That's, I, I, that's just, kind of, I just thought there was a straight answer and just curious. You know, <laughs> I, there, might be, there might be. I just don't know it because I'm not Okay, I'm not thank you. But thank you for your thank questions, and God Thank bless. you. Okay. okay, Terry, may I ask a question? Since we sure. have absolutely. Okay. Okay. Uh, so my question, uh, Mario, I hear this stuff on the radio and stuff. They talk about get an advisor who is a fiduciary. Can right. You, what does that mean, uh, fiduciary versus uh, yeah. maybe other kind of financial advisor? Yeah. Uh, great question. First of all, what is your name again? I'm sorry. My name's Ray. Ray, my name is Emilio, not Mario, by the way, Ray. I'm sorry. You, it's, I'm sorry. Uh, Emilio, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry about that. Ray, no big deal. But my best friend in the world is Mario, so it's all good. Okay, great question, Ray. Okay, so fiduciary. Okay, so if your advisor is a registered investment advisor, an RIA, uh, that means that person, like an attorney, is fiduciary, uh, has fiduciary responsibility, and he or she can be sued if something happens to your investments and it's inappropriate. Now, let me be very clear. If you buy a stock and a stock goes down, that's not necessarily you can sue the advisor over that. However, if you had $250,000 and he bought naked call options on the on the dollar versus yen spread and you lost all your money, well, that's just, that's, just, that's, 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 you can sue the advisor for that. You can sue the, the fiduciary for that because that was not, not correct. Now, the difference between a fiduciary and what we consider a, a broker-dealer, like a Merrill Lynch, a, a, a Wells Fargo, a Morgan Stanley, is that that advisor, unless he or she has a title of RIA, which has put in the car, he is not a fiduciary. Technically, the fiduciary there would be the, the firm itself. So when I was working in New York for Merrill Lynch, the fiduciary was technically Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith. And I was just an employee or a, a, uh, an advi- a financial advisor for Ray, but I'm not your fiduciary. So if you're working with a firm that's a small firm, like a smaller firm, not the big boys and girls in New York or around the country, you probably would like to have a registered investment advisor so your advisor would be fiduciary responsible for his or her advice and the management of your portfolio. There's more direct liability, let's say, Ray, with a fiduciary than a non-fiduciary. Now, I will tell you, working at Merrill Lynch, very fond of that firm, they, trust me, we had, because they're fiduciaries to me, so I'm representing them, and they're your fiduciary, they made sure we're in compliance. So, I'll tell you, we had compliance, we had compliance for every 10 people, then we had a branch compliance officer, then we had a regional compliance officer, something we did wrong, we we, we were told we were doing wrong. Um, That's what I got, Ray. Okay. Um, I got a both sides of his mouth. And I, Kathleen's iPad is uh, talking. Should be able to unmute. And Zelda, you're yes, talking. Yes, the little Napoleon. Mm-hmm. Um, can you hear me now? Yep. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, I've uh, been doing my own investing. This is Kathy Gerhardt since I was Hi, in my 40s. And um, so, so about five years ago, Kathy? Well, no, about 32 years ago. God bless you. <laughs> but uh, and I've, I know I have too much in stocks, but I've always just been able to ride it out like you're supposed to, I guess, or you were supposed to. And some of those mutual funds rebalance themselves, you know, into bonds as I get older. But um, is, is, it, excuse but, me, is it a target, like a target portfolio? 
two of them are Target, and okay. and the other ones are just uh, whatever I yeah right okay. Um, but now with this COVID business and uh, all this crazy political stuff that's going on, I'm really feeling um, what's the word? well nervous I guess would be the word and or scared even yeah scared and I'm too old to possibly wait it out if it should you know well it, it tanked in half in 2008 you know the oh, last yeah. time <laughs> I, I was there i was there trust me i know yeah and also i mean we went down from peak to trough from february 8th or 9th of this year to so the high to the low 52 percent, but we, recu we recouped that already so we're kind of breaking even slightly positive for the year right now but continue with your question i'm sorry well, that's that's kind of my question. Is um, I know you don't know, nobody knows, but would you get out if you were me? Okay. Well, let me. Okay. First of all, I don't know you well enough right now. I mean, please contact me individually. I won't charge you at least for the first hour, and I'll get to know you. and I'll tell you. I mean, I'm sort of like a financial doctor. Excuse the analogy. I don't know my patient or you, my client, well enough to say that. But I'll give you some general advice. First of all, something called time horizon. So, for example. Um, I have two children, um, Brianna and Brandon. They're 24 and 22 now. They graduated already. But when they were born, I started a college plan. So when they're little babies, you know, one or two years old, they're so cute, I invested in, in more aggressive um, uh, investments than when they were in high school. Because their time horizon from high school is, what, one to three years. Where when they're two years old, their time horizon is like, what, 15, 17 years. So the longer you have, you, the, the more aggressive you should be. As you mentioned, you said you're overweighted in inequities, which in the long run, you've probably done very well with. I will tell you a rule of thumb, a rule of thumb that comes from the College of Financial Planning out of Denver, a very conservative body of uh, financial thought. The rule of thumb there is you take the number 100 minus your age. Let's say your age is 72. That means 38% of your investment portfolio should be in equities. So let's call it 40. Call it 40% equities or stocks and 60% fixed income or conservative. Now that's using their rule of thumb. It's a pretty conservative rule of thumb. But as you're saying, you're getting older, hopefully, and your, your, your time horizon, your ability to recover for another 2008, 2009 or something like that is limited because you're going to, you, you can't, you don't have as much as time, as much time now as you did before. So I would encourage you to either talk to me if you wish or to someone and get an overall um, evaluation of your asset allocation. And asset allocation can mean many different things. Uh, from a macro point of view, it's um, stocks, bonds, cash. And then uh, below that, it's the, the diversified asset classes, whether it's large cap growth stocks, small cap value, international bonds. And then you have the sectors in the equities. S&P has between 27 and 29 sectors, like technology, durables, um, 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 utilities. Yeah. So, so you need to have a diversification yeah. among those three different uh, levels. So, again, hundred minus your age. The, 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 um, again, seventy-two would be would be what thirty-eight percent. No, twenty. I'm sorry, seventy-two would be twenty-eight percent. Twenty-eight. I apologize for that. Wow, I'm good with numbers usually. So, seventy-two minus hundred is twenty-eight percent. So, let's say third would be in equity. Seventy thirty should be your split. You could probably do a little bit more than that. I would feel comfortable. I don't know you. I'm not giving you advice. 60 40-ish but again if you contact me we can go over privately a little one hour one-on-one -on -one, no charge and i can help you a little bit more with your allocation all right thank you Thanks, You're welcome. and i hate to cut to say this wait a minute i hate to say this but we are running short on time okay and it's been of it's i think it's been a fascinating conversation this evening um, awesome Emilio, would you like to give people your contact information? I would most likely do. Uh, my name is Emilio Valdez. That's spelled E as in Edward, M-I-L-I-O. Last name is Valdez, V as in Victor, A-L-D-E-S at the end, not a Z. My cell phone number, which you may call. I just asked you to call between 8.30 a.m. to, say, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 8.30, say 8 to 6. How about 8 to 6 Eastern Center Time. My cell phone number, I'll say it three times, 786-897-5030. I'm sorry, five, hold on, I'm spaced. 
Oh my god, I'm forgetting my number. Five zero nine seven. One second, guys. I apologize. Eight six eight nine seven five zero nine three five zero nine three. I'm sorry. Again. Nobody ever calls themselves. <laughs> seven eight six eight nine seven. I'm five zero. I'm speaking the last four. Five zero nine three. Five zero nine three. Last time, I really apologize. Seven eight six eight nine seven five zero nine three. And my email is eman. E is in Edward. M is in Mary. A is in Apple. N is in Nancy. Dot or period after the end. Then V is in Victor. A is in Alpha. L is in Lima. The number zero. The number zero again. The number seven at gmail.com. I'll do it again in now. Eman, E-M-A-N, period or dot, Val, V, as in Victor, A-L, 007 at gmail.com. Uh, I will also, well, Terry, you have my contact information as well, correct? Yes, I do. And it'll if be- you don't mind, please send it out to everyone on this call. Um, I should also uh, make, note, make note that Will accolade for myself in 2002. I appeared on the front page of the New York Times business section. Uh, the, the article, the article was published on July 18, 2002. If you want to Google me, you would Google the following: the number two expressed as a as a number two brokers offer warm comfort in a cold market. Once again, you Google the number two as a number expressed as a number two brokers offer warm comfort in a cold market. You may see corporate conduct as like the section, but I was on the front page on the C-section of the New York Times on July 18, 2002. With that, folks, I will be joining you again on, on January, I'm sorry, September 10th. It's been a pleasure and honor. I hope I added value to you all. And again, please contact me um, and we'll take you from there. Terry? Thanks very much, Emilio. You're most welcome. Thank you, Emilio. That was really helpful. Thank you. Thank you. That makes that makes my my entire day. So thank you, folks. And thank you. And a very special best wishes and, to you. Oh, you thanks. Uh, I think. And, and Terry, last thing, go Yankees. <laughs> Red Sox Nation. Okay. Good night, folks. I'm going to sign off now. Thank I, I like so the. I'm a Cub fan, so I'm not getting into this fight. <laughs> hey, Cubs, Cubs are playing good ball. Hey, Cubs really are. Hey, guys, I'll join you in a couple of weeks, okay? Sounds great. Thank you, Emilio. Please call me or email me. Thank you. Now, everybody else, don't hang up. I have a couple of things I need to tell you. First of all, um, I apologize if anyone's been trying to get me on the email address I gave you last week. It was the wrong one. It's one that's that's not activated at this point. So if you are trying to reach me for any reason, it's use my Terry Patch at Verizon.net. That's T as in Thomas, E-R-R-Y-P-A-C-H at Verizon.net. Um, that's number one. Number two, I wanted to uh, thank you all for joining us tonight. Um, I want to thank Desiree for streaming us on ACB Radio Community and Ray Campbell for doing our hosting and hand-raising and muting and all the fun things that a host gets to do. And next Thursday night, we are doing a show a little bit different than what a lot of uh, calls have been of late, and that's on voting. The point is, get let's get out and vote. I don't care whether you're voting Democrat, Republican, Purple Party, whatever. The point is that it's important to get out and vote and to do it any way we have to. Um, we will be doing some part of it on accessible voting, but it's also going to be on any way that you need to do it to get your vote counted this year. I think it's really, really important. Um and I'm going to give you each a little bit of homework for next week. Can you check and see what the process is for getting rides to the polls, um, whether you're going to have mail-in voting in your state, what's going on in your county or state, so that we can all exchange information on next week's call. We're going to have at least two guests. Um, 
that I don't want to say who they are, but you all know at least one of them, um, because I have to wait for it to be confirmed tomorrow. Um, and that's important. And the following week, we've done the voting, we've done Alzheimer's, we've done uh, finances this week. We've, we have done a lot of different topics, and it's been a wonderful summer. And so the Thursday night before Labor Day, we're going to do a throwback Thursday end of summer party. And a, a lot of fun things planned for it. Um, I've got a little committee that has come up with great ideas. And I'm looking forward to just let's all sit back, relax, and just have a good time remembering some of the great things that have gone on this summer and more importantly, maybe remembering things from our favorite summers of summers past, whether it was at a convention or whether it was the June that I met my husband or um, the June that I did some other really crazy, the uh, summer I did some really crazy things in 69. Come up with a fun story about something in one of your favorite summers. We're going to try to do some, uh, little bits of some music clips in there, and we're just going to have a party on Thursday night, September 3rd, to kick off Labor Day and the end of summer, and that we've gotten through another season virtually. And with that, I want to thank you all, and I thank Ray and Desiree again, and have a great week, and don't forget to vote. <laughs> have a great Thank week. you, Terry. Bye now. Bye.